once more welcome to all of you. It is a really special day at Woodburn Baptist Church. If you're in the cafe today, you know all about it. If you're joining us by audio or video podcast, Woodburn Baptist Church is 150 years old today. It's absolutely amazing. And I love this church. I love this church. My family came to Woodburn when I was probably about 16 years old, and I'm still here. I'm 52. I've been pastor for 21 years almost now, and I love this church so much. I love this church for all of the things that God does, uh, and, and those are the most important things. I just, I also love the church for the weird things y'all do. Uh, you're just funny, funny people, uh, and, and I laugh so hard with you guys. The, the best thing lately, Matt Betts baptized a man in the cafe. That was a month ago, four or five weeks ago. You remember that? Uh, Matt baptized um, Wes. And when Matt was baptizing, he took off his clothes and his shoes in the men's room, you know, put on the baptism stuff and went in to baptize. And see, the thing is, Matt had just bought brand new shoes, those white shoes that Matt has, you know, just poof, white. He, he, he just, those are still brand new. And he left them in the bathroom. But when he came back from baptizing you guys, they were gone. Somebody stole his shoes. Like in God's house, somebody stole Matt Betts' brand new shoes. And, and I mean, you know, Matt <laughs> had to walk home in his socks and, and get shoes like to come back for, I mean, like come back for 11 o'clock service and other shoes. He walked home in his socks. Uh, God bless his little heart. Um, anyway, we looked all, I thought, you know, somebody's playing a joke. Somebody just hid those shoes. They're going to show up somewhere weird. They have not shown up. So we're just facing the fact that, man, we got a thief, you know, in this church. And, uh, and, and I'm looking at all of you, you know, thinking, you know, who is it? You know, keeping my shoes pretty close to my feet. I just said, Matt, you know, whoever stole them, that idiot, he'll wear them to church and you'll just, you know, look and, and you'll see them. So sure enough, y'all, today is the day on the 150th anniversary of Weird Baptist Church. Guess who walked in with Matt Betts' shoes on? Kenton Powell. <laughs> Kenton Powell. City manager of Franklin, Kentucky, former chairman of deacons at Woodburn Baptist Church, Kenton Powell, stole his shoes. But he's been sitting on them. I mean, like, I might do it, but I would be busting. I mean, I would, I would let the secret out, you know, like that day. But Kenton's had him for like five weeks, just waiting for the moment. And so Matt caught him in the parking lot. Those are my shoes. I mean, the minute Kenton steps out of his car. <laughs> oh. Yeah, see, I just love this church for weird stuff like that, that this is happening all the time. Let's talk about how it happens. Mark chapter 4 is where I want you to go. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. We're in the middle of a message series entitled, One Tiny Seed. We're talking about the nature of faith. And this morning is the sermon entitled, One Tiny Seed. I want to talk about what God can do with one tiny seed. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and the life of faith. And he tells two little parables here. And, and I want those to form the text for our message today. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Um, chapter 4, beginning with verse 26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First the leaf blade pushes through, then heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. <laughs> 
Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's, it's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. How can I describe it? Jesus says, it's like a seed. It's like what happens when a seed grows. You ever read something that that just really stuck with you? I'm a reader and I love to read and I've always read, but but true story. I I think the first time I read something that really just struck me as as profound was in the little boys' room at Rich Pond Elementary School uh, years and years and years ago. I was in the restroom resting and uh, on the wall near me, it's just covered with, you know, words, you know, writings from young scholars at, at Rich Pond Elementary. And, um, one of them's name is Dwayne. I know because he wrote his name, Dwayne, you know, on the wall. And it said this. It said, Dwayne was here, but now he's gone. He left his name to carry on. <laughs> I thought, wow, that is really deep. That, that is really deep. And I thought I knew who Dwayne was, but, you know, I mean, I was just struck by the profundity of that little, uh, I mean, I really was. I was, I was a dummy. It's like 1972. I'm, I'm a six-year-old kid thinking, golly, that is brilliant. You know, just, it was so brilliant. I wrote that everywhere, like all over Warren County for like years after that. It's just, you know, Tim was here. Now he's gone. Uh, I mean, because it's just true. The truth of it, Dwayne was here, obviously, but now he's gone, obviously. But he chose how he would be remembered. You know, he left his name to, to carry on. It, it, it's, it's just brilliant, which... Which makes me wonder if you've really understood that, that simple truth that even Dwayne and I knew back in Rich Pond School years ago. Do you understand that you're here now, but you will be gone? There's incredible truth in that, and truth you really don't need to forget. You're here now, but you will be gone, and you will perhaps leave some kind of mark. You, you may somehow determine how you, you'll, you'll be remembered, which leads me to John Fletcher South. John Fletcher South was here, but now he's gone. He left this church. He, he left this church to carry on. That was his name, John Fletcher South. He's the man who dreamed the dream of Woodburn Baptist Church over 150 years ago. John Fletcher South came out of Providence Knob Baptist Church and also Bowling Green Baptist, which became First Baptist, which was also a church that Providence Knob and John Fletcher South planted. Amazing. A amazing man of God. He would look out across the community and find a place where the people were, find a place where the needs were, but a place where there was no church. And John Fletcher South was the kind of man who said that there, there ought to be a church there, and he would plant it. So John Fletcher South, from the back of a horse, came to Woodburn back in the late 1800s, and he planted this church. First by himself, and then he got three guys with him, three other guys on horseback, and by May 26, 1867, when the church was launched and planted, there were 12, <laughs> 12 men and women. It's kind of a humble beginning, let's all be honest. I mean, it's, it's a small little beginning there. I mean, guys, women on horses, 12 people in, in a little podunk town that nobody's ever heard of to this day. It's a small beginning, but you understand God loves small beginnings. God loves small 
but beginnings. Which brings us to the text. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. So what Jesus is saying is that the kingdom of God, when, when God is doing his sovereign work, when you're talking about the life of faith, you can think of it in terms of what happens when a seed is scattered. What, what happens when a seed grows. Now, you, you got to notice, first of all, what it says there, because it's a, it's a basic fact of biology. We all understand this. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Now, if you know anything about seeds, which a lot of you do, we're still more or less country people. If you buy seeds in an envelope or if you save seeds in a mason jar in, in your garage or, or in your barn, seeds like that, seeds kept in the dry and in the dark, they'll just sit there forever. I mean, literally forever, years and years, sometimes centuries. Seeds know how to wait. And seeds will just sit there in the jar, in the envelope, in the dry, in the dark, and they won't do anything. I mean, they just sit there with, with all of this potential, but they don't do anything uh, until they meet the ground. Until they meet the soil, until they meet the sun and the rain. You understand the farmer goes and he scatters seed on the ground. We're talking about how God does his sovereign work. We're talking about the life of faith. And Jesus says this, something like what happens when a seed hits the soil. So let me say this to, to start. And remember, we're, we're talking about the life of faith. Faith releases the seed of God's power into the soil of your life. You see, faith needs something to work with. You've you got to give it something to work with. And that soil, that something that, that, that faith needs to work is, is the soil of your life. And when the seed of God's power, when the seed of God's word falls into the soil of your life, I'm telling you, God can do something then. But, but he needs something to work with, and that something is you. He needs something, something to grow, something to develop, something. And that something is you. Faith releases the seed of God's power into the very soil of your life. So the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. I love that point. Now some of us are excellent farmers and gardeners in this house. Some of us are not. I'm in the second category. I gave up planting a garden because it just got embarrassing. You know, I would drive by Warren Weeks's garden. I mean, Warren Weeks is out there like day and night. He's just hoeing his garden. I mean, Warren, like he can hear a weed grow in his sleep, you know, and Warren gets up and runs out. I mean, he's got his compost pile and, and Warren is bringing me butternut squash, you know, in December. I mean, he's just amazing vegetables. Warren and Marjorie just grow. Judy Chaffin can just, she could grow tomatoes, you know, on the back of one of these pews if you asked her to. I mean, just a green thumb. I mean, you people are like that. You just grow things and grow things. I'm horrible. Uh, I'm horrible. One year I plant, thought all the things I would love to grow, so I planted squash and watermelon. I threw in some gourds and cucumbers, and somehow it all just mixed like Frankenstein's garden. And I got these inedible things. They were like part cucumber, part gourd. And they were just like, you know, strange, you know, bulbous things. And I said, Pastor Tim, how's your garden growing? I said, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. You know, I'm out there mowing my garden, you know, about July with weeds. You know, I've quit. I've just quit. Because the other thing is, I'm an anxious gardener. When I plant the seed, like on the day I plant, like that night I'm out there looking at it, you know, because I, I, I want it to grow like now. 
I want it to grow now. And I'm the kind of person, true story, that, that if I plant in a couple of days, it's not coming up. I'm thinking, okay, that, that's over. Am I going to replant? I asked Warren. Warren, I planted beans four hours ago. Do I need to replant? I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. I've even been known to go out and dig one up. I just dig it up. Now, what happens when you dig it up? You find out, you also kill it. Because what's going on under the ground with the seed, you know, has nothing to do with me. I can't make it happen. I can't speed it up. I mean, I plant the seed and then, you know, from then on, it's, 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 it's between the seed and the Lord. You know how that works. And it's what Jesus says. This is how everything is in the life of faith. This is how the kingdom of God operates. Night and day, whether the farmer is asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. Did you understand? True growth, true growth comes from God and not from us. It comes from God. So we can talk about John Fletcher South and all of the people that planted this church. But if John Fletcher South were here today, he would quickly remind you, I, I didn't grow this church. Now, the, the, the seed of God's power went to work in the soil of that man's life, and look what God was able to grow and do. I mean, out of that man's faithfulness, God was able to do an amazing work that you and I continue to reap the benefits of. We are the fruit of his labor. But he'd be the first to say, man, that growth didn't come from him. He just did what God asked him to do. I mean, God blesses obedience. He cannot bless disobedience. But when you're obedient, God blesses that, and God multiplies that. Everything he blesses, he multiplies, you understand? And, and, it, and it grows, and all of that comes from God and not from us. So, so to this day, this is God's church. It's not our church. I mean, to this day, and some of us, the longer we're here, the more ownership we feel. And, and that's a positive thing. I, I want you to love your church. I want you to support your church. I want you to, 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 to love, love everything that God is doing here. But we must never forget that it's actually the Lord's church. It is. All the good things that happen here are the things he's doing. The rest of the stuff we do, and it never really amounts to much. The stuff that lasts forever, that's God's work. And this church was here when we got here, and Lord willing, this church will be here when we're gone. It's just going to continue because it's God's. From start to finish, it's God's. We just got this little part to play in it. The farmer, he, he plants the seeds. I mean, he gets to be a part of it, but, but it's not up to him, and he doesn't get a lot of credit for it. He can't make a seed grow. In the end, he gets to come back and harvest. He gets to enjoy the fruit of his labor. But beginning to end, that's, that's, that's God's work. It's, it's God's work. So there are two parables. First one, Jesus says, it's like what happens when a farmer scatters seed. It's, 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 it's that idea of what, what happens. And then he tells a second parable. How can I describe the kingdom of God? He says, what story should I use to illustrate it? It's... it's it's like a mustard seed. Now we're down to one seed. Jesus sort of went from, from what happens when you scatter lots of seed, a field of seed, to now Jesus just zeroes in. It's, it's, it's like a single seed, the, the mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds. He's not speaking there as a scientist. He's not literally saying, you know, it's, it's, it's technically the smallest seed in all of oh, We don't know that. But, but in, in the Jewish mind, proverbially speaking, it's, it's a tiny little seed. Have you seen a mustard seed? It's, it's a speck. It's tiny. Jesus says, it's like a mustard seed, tiny little thing, just a tiny little thing that, that becomes something grand. 
it, it becomes this amazing large plant that this tree with, with branches that, that birds can, can nest in and, and people could sit in the shade. I, I mean, this is the, the point. It has to do with becoming. It's not so much what it starts out as. I mean, it's small. And I said God loves small things. God loves small beginnings. God loves for you just to give him a mustard seed of faith and then let you just sit back and watch what he does with that when it drops into the soil of your life. You understand? Small, small thing, the, the, the mustard seed. But the point is it becomes. In other words, you can't just look at what you see today because faith always looks forward. Faith knows that the best is yet to come. Faith always knows that you haven't seen yet what God's going to do with this little thing. Jesus says that that tiny little mustard seed, that tiny little thing, can become something with long branches. What? Something that that could provide shade for a small family. What? A shade? Something a kid could could tie a a tire to and make a swing from. Something a kid could build a treehouse in. What? This little bitty speck of a thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Birds can build nests. What? A little bitty speck? Yes. But because of what it's going to become, You don't always see what God's going to do. You don't yet know what things are going to become. In a seed. You ever think about the miracle of that? I mean, it's a seed. But somehow God put all of that in it. And God still sees that. The, the, The Bible says that God is the one who sees all the endings from the beginning. God sees the ending from the beginning, and and that's how God operates. That's how God sees the world. He already sees the end from the beginning. We can't do that, but God does, and he knows the ending of that seed. He knows how it's going to turn out. He knows what it will become because God looks forward like faith looks forward. So in that seed is, is everything. Everything that is necessary for that seed to go into the soil and, and, and die. I mean, the seed's going to die in this process. Eventually, you won't find any part of that seed, but somehow it's not really death. Somehow it's a death that, that lives again. It's a transformation that requires a death. Jesus says, unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, you know, there, there, there's no life. But it's all in there. The seed knows how to do that. I mean, God puts in the seed that knowledge to how to go down into the ground. And as I said, the seed will sit in the dry and in the dark for years and years and years. But somehow the calendar is inside it. I mean, God put that in there so that it knows when it's time to put down roots. It knows how to do that. And it knows how to sprout green leaves. It knows how to reach through the soil into the sun. It knows how to do that. Can you explain that? explain that? How the flower knows how to follow the sun? I mean, can you explain that? I had this idea that I would plant sunflowers behind my house. I had this idea that I'd look out my window and the sunflowers would greet me every morning, you know? But the problem is they all turn their backs on me. All the sunflowers, you know, they, they face the other direction. You know, they turn their backs on us. You know, why do they do that? Because they follow the sun. They, they, they turn to the sun. How do they know how to do that? God puts all of it in the seed. Did you understand this? God puts it in there. Everything that the seed needs to know, including the calendar, everything that will be required for it to to be transformed and turning to something that it's never been before. It's all in there. God knows how to put it in there. Now, if God can do that for a thistle seed, for a dandelion, 
If, if God can do that for a bean, if God can do that for a lettuce seed, have you seen a lettuce seed? If God can do that for a seed, don't you think he's done that for your heart? Don't you believe that he's done that for your own heart? Do you not understand that you, you yourself, you, you are a seed. You, you are a, a, a small beginning of something that God wants to do. Something he wants to start in you. But you have to let him plant you. You have to let the seed of his power fall into the soil of your life. And you have to trust his spirit. Because sometimes he will move you. Sometimes he will scatter you. Sometimes he will pick you up from where you are and plant you in new soil. He does that because he has some grand plan, some transformation that's going to happen with your life. He has this view of the ending from the beginning, and he knows what it requires. And, and, and it pleases him to use us in what he's doing for the world. It pleases him to plant us and scatter us like seed. It pleases him. To take the small beginnings of our lives, turn them into something grand and, and glorious. You can't see it. You'll never see it. But if you will let him plant you, if you will let him do in your life what he longs to do, if you will just simply allow him to push you down into the soil, if you will allow him to rain upon you and shine upon you, if you will just follow his leading in your life, you'll become something you've never been, and God will be able to produce from your life fruit that you can't imagine. John Fletcher South, he, he dreamed this dream of a church at Woodburn. I mean, stop. Think about that. There, there was no church. John Fletcher South dreamed a dream of a church. He didn't live in Woodburn. God put that dream in his heart because God could see us. God could see all of it. God could see it. He could see us. He could see your children, your grandchildren, and all of those who come after us. God knows the, the future for Riker Skipper, you all. God saw it, but John Fletcher South didn't. But John Fletcher South was obedient. He saw what God allowed him to see, and he followed in obedience what God asked him to do. And, and what God asked him to do was a difficult thing. It is no easy thing to plant a church. And yet he did. By the time May 26, 1867 came around, there were 12 people who had begun to share that vision with him. And they wrote their names in a book and they established Woodburn Baptist Church. And 150 years later, here we are. Could, could, could they see all of it? It was a small beginning, a small seed of a beginning. Could, could they have possibly imagined at this moment, 150 years into this thing, you know, our church has become a part of planting 10 churches. We've planted or partnered to plant 10 other churches. It just continues. You see that? Because we still have to scatter the seed. We still perpetuate our own life. We continue our own life by planting. And that's how it's always happened. Every church you've ever seen is a church plant. Somebody planted it. They can't see everything that God's going to do. We never see. We never really know. And lots of times it looks like a very, very small beginning. But God loves small beginnings. 
What he wants to do in your life right now today, it it may seem like a small thing. Whatever he's asking you to do, you may not yet understand what God has in mind for you, but you must step out in obedience. The most amazing thing that that I can imagine that we would do today is what we're about to do. We're going to commission the Journey Church launch team. Remember several months ago, actually two years ago, I shared in this place and said our anniversary is coming up. What better way to honor those who plant the dust than to plant a new church? Today we set aside individuals who are going to plant Journey Church like seeds. We send them out just like uh, others went out 150 years ago following the breath of the Spirit. Look what God has done. He does it for the church. He does it for your life. You just have to trust him. So it's what the life of faith is. It's letting that seed of God's power fall into the soil of your life. And sit back and watch what grows. That growth comes from God. Pray with me. Lord Jesus. Today we stand on the shoulders of men and women from years past who were so very faithful to you. We see their faces on the screen, Lord God, and and they seem important. We remember them now as being so very devoted, so very holy. Their times, their lives, so very special, Lord. But I'm quite sure that, that at that present moment for them, it didn't seem that special. It seemed ordinary. They never thought they were doing anything extraordinary, Lord. They just followed you because that's what disciples do. And they planted churches, Lord, because that's what disciples do. And they raised their families, their children to know you and love you because that's what disciples do. And they were faithful to a church and poured their lives into a church and into missions and into everything else, Lord, because that's what disciples do. And Lord, they made history. They made a history that we can celebrate today. They made a history that is so strong, so firm, Lord, that we continue to to enjoy the fruits of their labor. But Lord, now is our time. Today, Lord, is, is our day. Lord, we are here today, but we will be gone tomorrow. And Lord, the question falls heavy upon us today. Lord, how will we be remembered with what are we building upon this foundation? Lord, what are we doing for you? What will we leave? Lord Jesus, I pray that today you would make of every one of our hearts a seed, Lord God, that you can plant into healthy soil. And Lord, that you would grow, that you would have your full way with us. Lord, we never know what the future holds. We never know. But Lord God, you are the one who sees the end from the beginning. So God, we must trust you to guide us and we must have faith to follow you. Wherever you lead, whatever it costs, Lord, we only have one life to give for you. So help us, Lord Jesus, to live for you. Lord, the fire of your spirit has burned brightly at Woodburn Baptist Church for 150 years. I'm begging you today to kindle it even brighter. Set a fire down in our souls, Lord Jesus, so that we can continue to follow, Lord, the vision, the dream, not just that John Fletcher South dream, Lord, but the dream that you dreamed from the beginning for Woodburn Baptist Church. Lord God, may all of your purposes for our lives be fulfilled till our journey be done. 
We pray these things in the name of Jesus, Lord of the church. Amen.